the blast from our past network. Codrod? Codrod! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No good for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld. Back to back to back because we love Seinfeld. You love Seinfeld. What's the deal with Seinfeld? I'm Adam. I'm Corey. And the deal is it is great escapism, baby. It is awesome. We all need a little escapism in our lives. And uh, today is one of those days. We're going to get and we're going <laughs> to escape to the secret code. This is season seven, episode seven. It first aired on November 9th, 1995. Corey, my man, could you please give us that synopsis? Of course, the secret code. George refuses to give Susan his ATM code. Elaine is attracted to a man because he doesn't remember meeting her. Jerry abandons George with Peterman, who drags him to see his dying mama. I, don't, I did not like saying mama right there, by the way. <laughs> it, was, it felt weird. It just hit my ear. <laughs> it felt weird coming out of my mouth. Kramer gets an emergency band scanner to keep tabs on the local police and fire departments. That sounds more nefarious than what he's actually yeah. using that band scanner for. It's, it's almost as if the person writing this really wanted us to make really wanted to make us feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because yeah, it's not at all really what he ends he's up not, using it for. It, they should just say like he, he uses it to try to get them better traffic or something. I don't yeah, know, but he's yeah. not trying to keep tabs on them. That's weird. No, no, no. Well, we start off this episode per usual with a stand up, and this one on. Cash machines. <laughs> What's the deal with cash machines? Um, <laughs> they really got us trained to use that cash machine now, don't they? We're just like chickens in an experiment waiting for that pellet to come down the chute. By the way, I don't think it's chickens. Do. Well, maybe it is chickens. I'm not sure. I always thought it was like rats or something. Yeah. Uh, you see people at the cash machine, they're just like, they're waiting for that sound, you know? You know the sound. You're waiting for the sound. He's like, he's like, that's what we're trained to hear. It's the here comes the money sound, you know? And then people start laughing, actually, and clapping. And then he's like, it's exciting. Don't you get it? It's exciting. It's coming. It's coming. They're giving me money. And he kind of does like the flip, and people were cheering for this and they were into this. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't take out cash. I just use my credit card everywhere. Yeah, it's, it felt very dated. Yes. Uh, and, you know, that's just part of the thing. I mean, a lot of comedy can get dated, and this one is one of those. To me, I had a big problem with just the constant use of the word cash machine. Um, <laughs> everybody just calls it a fucking ATM. Right, No yes. one says cash machine. No, no. That was, like, probably what they said when it first came out, and then ATM yeah. just took over, you know? I'll still go get cash every now and then if I really need it, which is pretty rare. Um, but I will get it. But yeah, it just didn't. It just didn't hit like it probably did back in '95. No, no, not not the way they were cheering for it. So, so yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we get into the episode. Susan is going to the cash machine, um, but George, uh, who wants some cash, he uh, he uh, says he needs it, but he won't give her his pin number to his debit card. Now, does he, Keisha know your PIN number, Adam? She does. 
Yeah. But she knows she knows it enough. Like she's heard me mention it or use it or whatnot that she could probably get it within like two or three tries, I think. Okay, so you like okay, gotcha. Yeah, cuz I mean Myra just actively knows mom. Yeah, she doesn't I mean she doesn't because I have pro- nothing, so there's nothing. <laughs> it's like here you go. You want the $12 that I have? It okay. There you go. <laughs> I'm I mean, a podcaster. Yeah, she, she, she knows it. She she pretty much knows it, so. At Monks, Jerry tells George, you know, that it's just ridiculous that he wouldn't uh, give his code to Susan, and I totally agree with him. I mean, at that level, you totally should. Yeah, yeah. Because so. there's there's no me in marriage. It's it's we. You know, it's when you're married, it's everything's hers and yours and theirs, and that's how it is. I do a lot of weeing in my marriage. We're into that kind of thing. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We're- Okay, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, We're so, not. I know. We're not. She's gonna kill me. She's gonna she, kill you're me. dead. You're a dead man. You're a dead man. <laughs> so, but George and Jerry are so close enough that Jerry tells uh, George his code for the ATM slot, which is a Superman reference. Yay! It's Jor-El, which is uh, uh, Superman's father, his real father, not not you know yes. Clark Kent's dad, but you know, yep. you know what I mean. Which I inherently have an issue with that because. I know the spelling of Jarrell, and that seems kind of weird as to why that would be his ATM code. Yeah, you can't have a hyphen, I don't think, in your uh, in your ATM code. No, um, but that's not my problem. Oh, okay. So okay. we will we will get to it. All right. Oh, okay. All right. I, I look forward to it. <laughs> George though still refuses to tell Jerry his code, um, and then we kind of get a weird scene of Jerry's foot falls asleep, and he has to kind of stand up to to shake it out. I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but I I know that they're like, you know, peppering it in for the payoff yeah. later, but I didn't need it to be peppered in here because now it just feels like, oh, this is the episode where Jerry's foot falls asleep, you know? Uh, I mean? It's a big old thing where he falls, falls asleep all the time, apparently. <laughs> he play- clearly has some uh, uh, blood circulation problems. He may need to check that out. <laughs> so, uh, Jerry, when he's standing up, <laughs> kind of dancing his foot off, uh, we see his friend Fred very quickly, and this Fred is played by... Fred Stoller, yes. who is a really good stand-up comedian. Um, I've seen him in Dumb and Dumber, Austin Powers, a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, and he, I, I brought him up before uh, in the Face Painter episode. He was in The Crowd. Um, That's right. Yeah, and I was like, I can't remember his name. Uh, but he was also on uh, Everybody Loves Ray- Raymond, which I, I do remember. I think he was like a cousin or something. Um, okay. I, I wasn't like religiously watching that show, but... Uh, Fred Stoller did write two episodes of Seinfeld. He wrote The oh. Soup, um, and he also wrote The Face Painter. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. That makes a lot of sense. That does. Cool. That does. But, dude, this is this is the episode that I was like, and I would always refer to, you know that guy that's like real low-key energy or something? This is the episode that I'm referring to. Every time I see Fred Stoller, this is like this is gotcha. really all I think of him from, essentially. Yep. Uh, Elaine comes as Fred is leaving, and they kind of talk to each other very briefly. He says, oh, hey, nice to meet you, and then he walks out. But this upsets Elaine uh, because she remembers they've met before, like at this party. They even talked quite a bit, and she's all upset about it, so she goes and leaves to talk to him. Um, you, This has happened to all of us. I've absolutely done this. I feel you have too. I mean, how could you not? E- absolutely, it's a thing where people just like, you kind of forget you've met somebody before. It's it's not a big deal. I am still haunted by this interaction that I had uh, where this guy ran met me in L.A. He was like, oh, my God, Corey, do you remember? Like, he was actually from Maryland, and it was in col- uh, in a college class we met together. In Town- Townsend? No, it wasn't. It was so something totally different, but I thought it was from there, and he was like, no. And then we were talking, and he's like, 
you don't remember me at all, do you? And I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, I was kind of high too and everything. But as he, he, I was like, hey, here's my number. And you could just tell he's like, fuck you as he left. And I was like, and right when he was walking out the door, I was like, no, I remembered his name. I remembered everything. And I was yeah. like, no. But like to this day, the look on his face still haunts me because <laughs> I was just like, nah, dude, I don't remember you at all. I mean, it fucking happens. <laughs> tell, tell us your story, Adam. Have you- I, 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 I don't know if I have a specific one, but I just know that it's happened to me where I've forgotten to talk to me and people have forgotten me. Like, yeah. I, it, it's, it's, but it doesn't bother me. Like, I guess it bothered that guy. Or other people. <laughs> yeah. Cause a lot or of times Elaine. when it happens, you can like, you can do the guy thing for only so long. And by that, I mean, hey, guy, what's up, guy? You know what I mean? But like, when they start probing deeper, then you're just like, ah. I'm sorry, bro. I don't know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. And then one of us leaves disappointed. So, all right. Anyway, Elaine, she goes up to him. She reminds him about this whole conversation. It doesn't ring a bell. He remembers every other, like, minute detail about, like, a tic-tac-toe board and all this other kind of shit, but he cannot remember Elaine. Fred is clearly autistic. I guess so. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. That's my takeaway. Very possible. So uh, Jerry is going to do some TV commercials for a guy, Leapin' Larry. Uh, he just kind of sets that up a little bit. In comes Kramer into the apartment, and he's got his police radio, and he just kind of talks about, you know, okay, oh, he got this from Leapin' Larry's place. And he's just, you know, he's listening into the um, the radio stuff. Uh, Elaine comes in and tells Jerry about Fred's memory, all this kind of shit. She sees uh, this the piece that she had written about the Himalayan walking shoe. Nice little throwback to previous episode. And, you know, uh, she now wants... She did such a good job on that piece that Peterman is going to take her out to dinner. But she wants Jerry to join her because she doesn't want to get caught up with just Peterman and, you know, having to hear his stories. Um, kind of strange to bring Jerry because, you know, this is your boss. I mean... Going out to dinner with your boss isn't an absurdly unheard of thing. No. Um, I don't know if you were taking notes or not, but I don't. Did the editor and you die a little because they did a cut uh, and it was just it was a bad cut because like the door was wide open when Kramer was leaving. Then they cut and it was kind of, you know, just literally supposed to be one second later, you know, because it's a cut. But like the door was kind of closed and like it just it was a really, really bad. It didn't go together smoothly. I'm I missed it. Yeah, that, I figured uh, you, I figured if you if you did see it, it probably would have bugged you as as the editor inside of you. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I was that that was it there. But um, I am happy that we got a conclusion uh, to the Himalayan walking boots. I mean, we already sort of had a conclusion, but, you know, we, we talked about in the last episode. We wish that we maybe would have gotten uh, Peterman's reaction or something out of it, you know. So but now we know he, he likes yeah. it, which is not as funny as uh, but also <laughs> we, we propose that hopefully maybe it would have been better if he didn't like it obviously that wouldn't have worked in this case yeah exactly so i mean without remembering this other episode yeah um yeah exactly that didn't work as much so anyway um susan is upset with george still about keeping this secret code from her and we even get a little bosco reference here um that is brought up and i was like oh sweet good old bosco we hadn't talked about bosco in a while because it made me think about that red shirt Mm -hmm. that he got bosco all over that that lady spilled uh, you know, way back in like season three or something like that. Yeah. So. Is, is Bosco like one of those old school chocolates? I feel like we asked that back then as well. Like, is it one of those old school ones, you know? It must be. I mean, I don't know if they distribute out here, at least in the yeah. Southeast, um, because 
I'd never never heard of it once, and then we even like looked to see if we could get it around us, and we can't. Yeah, can't okay. find it. So now I did. I did like uh, George saying like something like you know. Uh, uh, Susan says something about Owen knowing everything, and then George is like, "Well, I don't know everything about what's going on with your cycles." You know, because I don't know yeah. what's going on with your cycles. <laughs> I like how he says cycles like plural. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I mean, and I was like, then I was like, George, welcome to the party, pal. None of us she, knows what's going on with us. She's a bit taken aback. Like, okay. Whoa. She's like, I'll tell you about my cycles. All right. Exactly. Yeah. And it, so. you know, it's sad. It's always sad because I'm always like, Susan is sadly very agreeable with George. And yet we yeah. know what's coming. I get it. They didn't have great comedic chemistry, but like the, when I watch it, I like how there is comedy because she is so such a good straight laced person and he's such a wackadoo. Um, I it is you know, but it's also funny how they end yeah. it. So I, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with how it happened. This is probably so. the first time I've ever watched this season really att- uh, paying attention to like what Susan's doing and everything because you know we know what happened and all that kind of stuff and behind the scenes and everything. So I'm like really paying attention and I swear to God, it just does not bleed onto the screen at all. Wow. I find her to be very. I the whole time I'm like George, you're a very lucky man, dude. You're an idiot. Yeah, yeah, uh, all of the above. Yep. <laughs> Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list and decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal Mm. is a joke. (laughs) Hey, everybody. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. And with me today in studio is co-host oh, hey, Dean. Oh, hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Talking back.
All right. Uh, Jerry meets with Leapin' Larry, who Leapin' Larry is played by. I'll let you take this because I can see how excited you are to talk about him. <laughs> it's played by Louis Arquette, uh, who I know from Tango and Cash, which is a great <laughs> 80s movie. But, Adam, did you know he that he is the father of David Arquette, Rosanna Arquette, basically all the Arquettes? Yep, exactly. I did know that. And so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it just, just hits home the fact that, like, Guys and gals, everyone in ho- everything in Hollywood, like all your celebrities, all your stars, one percent, just one percent, are like some random Midwest person that's found. Every yep. other Hollywood star is related to somebody that was big before them, or like is the godson of somebody. It's all yeah, no, somebody goes nepotism. to the same church or yep. any of that kind of stuff. Yep. Don't get it twisted, guys. There is no way to break into Hollywood if you don't have yep. a connection already. You're fucked. You are. You really are. But while Jerry is sitting with Leap and Larry, he uh, his foot falls asleep again. And so he's, we know he's going to have to, like, stand up and do his little walk. We all know what this walk is. And it's Larry kind of like gets it. up. Yeah, Larry gets up, talks about he lost his foot in a boating accident. And so he kind of, like, walks off. But then Jerry is like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? I can't, like, stand behind. Another thing is, yeah, we all typically, you can usually kind of fake it a little bit. Maybe have a little limp or something. But... They had this whole conversation about how, um, you know, the guy, Larry, likes how Jerry's comedy. He doesn't take cheap shots. And so now Jerry is very um, cognizant of, oh, shit, I can't, like, let this guy think I'm making fun of him, which he's not. His foot fall asleep. Fell asleep. So no big deal. And he might have been able to recover if Leap and Larry walked in when it was just Jerry in there by himself. He could have been like, like, smack his leg, be like, my foot fell asleep. I'm really sorry. But but the assistant came in and said that was a hilarious impression of Leap and Larry. So you can't win. After that, that's that's it right there. Your ship is sunk at that point. Exactly. So she says that Larry walks in and sees him. And so now, fuck, he's pretty much lost that gig. Yeah. So. At the apartment, Kramer is upset that the emergency services, they don't know the best routes. You know, they're getting to these places. He, he saw that there was a fire that got, you know, further out of hand than he thought it should have because they didn't go the quickest routes. Like they got caught up in traffic. Kramer just thinks he knows better than everybody, especially when it comes to traffic. Yeah. And he so. calls like Jerry Mujamba again, which was yeah, he yeah, called, something like remember that. Remember he called, uh, he called Newman Mujambo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like remember, a thing for like two or three episodes, and then they stopped it. Yeah, I remember when I was well. I mean, around this time I was, you know, uh, uh, high school. Um, I, I I got a kick out of calling people that, but I look at it now and I'm like, eh, that actually is not that kind of. That's not that funny. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I see what you're trying to do with it. I didn't find them funny anymore. No, it's yeah, it's no, childish. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, George and Jerry leave for uh, the dinner with Elaine and Peterman. Elaine on the street runs into Fred and again, he doesn't remember, remember her, even though he had just seen her like, you know, a couple days before or whatever it is. Um, there's a weird, not really a flirt thing or something going on. He ends up asking Elaine to dinner and she accepts and this felt really weird and it didn't make any goddamn sense. And then it just kind of happened really quickly. Um, we get some explanation later about why she said yes. But like at this moment, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This all came from nowhere. Yeah. And and you don't get the sense that Elaine can push over Peterman yet. Now, you get that sense at by the end of the episode. Sure. But but I kind of wish it was a 
like reversed. You know what I mean? Because I don't yeah. know that right now. All I know is Elaine got a new job and she's probably going to want to go out to dinner with Peterman so that she can impress him because it's her new job. You know, that's what I would assume. So yeah, it didn't track. I, I would, it feels like something like this, the person, he, Fred, the person, whoever, it should be super good looking or something. I, she's just like, yeah. why is she smitten with Fred Stoller? You know, no offense exactly. to Fred. Cut to Fred Stoller listening to our podcast and quietly <laughs> crying right now. But no, Fred Stoller, <laughs> no, no offense. But I mean, why would you do that? You know? No. <laughs> I mean, Fred Stoller's a comedian. Yeah. He, he probably makes fun of himself way more than we ever have. Yes. And let's not get it twisted. Fred Stoller will never listen to this, I'm sure. <laughs> yep. Uh, Jerry and George meet with Peterman at a Chinese restaurant. Definitely Is not the same. Chi- <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, I mean, you know, I, I kind of wish it was. Yeah, me too. I, I wish it was the same set, you know. But yeah. I guess they. I, I imagine they never went back to that Chinese restaurant again. No, of course not. I mean, I mean that which does make sense. Like yeah. if you had that kind of a shitty experience, wouldn't you stay away from that place? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but yes, we find out Elaine can had canceled, and so it's just going to be Peterman, Jerry, and George. And, you know, they assume that everything will fall apart and they'll go go away. But Peter was like, no, fuck it. Hey, I'm going to have dinner with these boys. And it's like, OK, the three bulls, the, the three bulls. <laughs> Jerry, though, finds a way out and he gets out of there. Oh, he had another commitment. And so he gets out. But George is not as quick and he gets trapped. You know, it's funny. I mean, I do truly like how things play out in this episode, but my whole my whole takeaway is not I'm just like watching. I'm like, why wouldn't you want to have dinner with Jay Peterman? Like, why wouldn't you want to? Like, this would be awesome. This we have not seen enough of Peterman yet to feel this angry towards him or feel this like annoyance towards his long um, uh, winded stories and shit like that. Like. Near the end of the season, when we've met him more, sure. But you're right. It, it just felt like this was misplaced as an episode. Like, this episode should have been closer to the end of the season versus right now. But, I mean, it's not. The shooting order, you yeah. know, and everything, it's it's here where it is. So, yeah, dude, I, I feel the same way as you. As, as much as I enjoy the interaction, I think it's funny. I just, I don't see the motivation behind ditching Peterman. Yep, yep, wholeheartedly agree. So, uh, speaking of ditching, Elaine seemingly gets ditched, gets stood up. By Fred. Yeah. She's obviously pissed about it. So we see George being bored about Peterman's stories. Yeah, haha, I get that. He's boring. Okay. Um, while Jerry is at home watching sports. Like and, and and so two things. One, I like I like how the cut goes because George, I think, brings up something about sports or something. Yeah. Peterman kind of you know shushes it or whatever doesn't go with it. Cut to Jerry watching TV of sports thing, and then on the TV they the the announcer says. You gotta love sports, and then Jerry cheers and kind of like I love that, and of course that's another GIF that I use too. But uh, but mm-hmm. I loved it. I, I liked that cutting. I liked how quickly you you got to a joke that was not in the same scene. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can agree with that. I like that. Uh, George is weirdly being driven home by Peterman. Yeah, it didn't make any goddamn sense. Again, I want to be friends with Peterman at this point. You know, it, he's being nice, driving him home. Didn't make any sense. But then he gets an emergency call uh, from. There is a problem with his mother. And so now he's got to turn around and head back that way. Uh, so they he heads to wherever his mother is, assumingly in the city. Yeah. But, yeah. So, c- all right. C- come on, Adam. Say it correctly. Something's wrong with his mama. M- mama. <laughs> M- mama. And then when he hangs that awesome bitch, he fucking slams George's face into the window. It's great. I mean, it's, it's good physical comedy right there. It's it's okay physical comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I just, 
<laughs> it's okay. Uh, Jerry and Elaine talk about what's happened. Literally, they talked about the shit that we had already seen. They were on the phone talking to each other about literally what's up like with George being trapped with Peterman and Elaine being stood up. We had just seen those. The only new evidence we got from this scene right here is now Elaine knows that George is stuck with Jerry or stuck, George is stuck with Peterman. Yeah. And that doesn't even matter. And so I'm like, why the fuck did we even have this scene? It was completely useless. You know, what? you're you're not wrong, and you've brought this up before, uh, and I said I was going to track it, but I, I didn't even notice it again. But this is clearly something that that you've picked up on. But I don't think you're wrong. Like like, and we've talked about it before. Screenwriting 101 is you don't yeah. fucking have characters say what the audience just saw. I mean, it's literally and 101. The, and this was an entirely scene devoted to an entire scene devoted to that, where nothing else happened in the scene. Literally, they were on the phone just updating each other about the shit we've just fucking saw. So it, that that scene frustrated the hell out of me. Yeah, you're not so, wrong, buddy. Right. I'm I'm yeah. with you on that. Uh, maybe I guess maybe it is just well, no, a way to get to. We cut to George and Peterman at you know his Peterman's mother's place, but they could have done that from the cut of him driving away. Cut to them at the house. That's yeah. all they needed. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. But Peterman's mother, did you recognize her? Of course. I Now I took the last one. Do you want to take this one? Sure. Her name is Ellen Albertini Dow or Doe. Yeah, Dow. Um, everyone would recognize her as the rapping granny from Wedding Singer, from The Wedding Singer. That's right. Like, that's, that's, that's it. Yeah. I mean, she's she's awesome in that. She's um, been in tons yeah, of things, though. Yeah. And, but uh, so she passed away in 2015 at 101. She had Baller. a great run, guys. Pimptress. <laughs> She is a queen yes, right there. Yes, she's awesome. She's that I and I, I honestly I loved her in obviously the wedding singer. We all love her in that, but I love her in this episode as well. Hip, I think she's hop, great. The hip to the hip to the hip hip hop and you don't yep. stop the rocking to the bang bang. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, she's I mean, and she will live forever uh in, in that memory too. Yep. George obviously is stuck there. I don't know why. This is still the city of New York, and they have public transit. They have taxis. They have a uh, great rail rail system. Why the fuck is he still there? Yeah, the only thing I could take away is that he was too shy to say something to Peterman, you know. But, yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, well, yeah, what's the point, you know? Or call Jerry. You're at her house. Call Jerry to come pick you up. Well, even, I mean, you know, we're going to cut to, like, basically do a time jump or whatever, and he's going to be there the yeah. next day. My take was also, did he even tell Susan? Did, did he spend yeah. the night? And Susan doesn't even know where the hell he was. And, by the way, that doesn't get resolved at all. No. It, it just it felt particularly strange that he was still there in the morning. Um, now, I don't remember. Maybe I missed a line where Peterman says that she lives upstate or something. No, no. Um, you no, didn't. then you, no. You then you have to assume she's in the fucking city. Yep. Because I mean, I, I'm just saying you didn't miss that because they didn't say it. I, I, I okay. one of us would have heard that. I think yeah. it just, yeah. I think we're just supposed to take away that George was a nice guy. That's I not. Know. We know that's not George. No. Nope. All right. Anyway, um, George starts talking to this old lady who's really out of it right now. She's not feeling too good, and so here he takes the opportunity to tell her. His code. We had to get it off his chest. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah to get good. it off his chest. It feels good. And his code is Bosco. Hey! That reference from earlier pays off. And obviously the Bosco, he just talks about how much he loves it. It's his favorite drink, you know, Bosco and, and milk or whatever, which to me, it's always like, you know, to me, I'm, I'm a quick, I'm a Nestle's quick man. Mm. I grew up with Nestle's quick. Ch- chocolate or strawberry? Chocolate. Oh, fucking chocolate. Strawberry is for like psychopaths. I like strawberry. Or <laughs> strawberry is for psychopaths. <laughs> 
I was the yeah. strawberry kid. Case closed. <laughs> I mean, fucking done. Good. But I'm with you, dude. Uh, uh, did you never use the you never use the Hershey's uh, syrup then, right? You just use the because I'm I had the the Nesquik. I've used it before, but it doesn't mix as well yeah, as doesn't. like a Nesquik. No, Nesquik is perfect. So yeah, I'm I'm with yep. you. Even though I was strawberry, we did have the chocolate Nesquik. I just went yeah. through the strawberry faster. Uh, but okay. I also liked Ovaltine too because I like malt. So Ovaltine oh, always had the okay. malt to it, you know. Yeah. So here I'm gonna bring up my issue. With Bosco and Jarrell, to me, the issue is, have you ever had a five-letter or a five-number pin for your your ATM card? Oh, what is it usually? Mine's four. Yeah. Yeah. I've only ever had a four-digit pin. And so that was, I was like, that was like, why did they, it's like they shoehorned in Bosco from back in the day or something. Yeah. Now, you could say maybe he just uses BOSC. Um, but then why would also Jerry's be a five-letter thing? Jorel is spelled J-O-R-E-L. Yeah. With an yeah. apostrophe that you can negate. But I I, I actually look into this because this bothered me that much. I was Adam like, went down fucking, a rabbit hole. <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole. Are you fucking kidding me? Pin numbers for AT&T, AT&T, ATM cards have been four digits all my life mm-hmm. um, since I've had one, which isn't that long, but probably since the early 2000s, I think, when I first got mine. So... I've had an ATM card looking? since uh, 95, I think. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're significantly older than me. That's you, <laughs> geriatric. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, early 2000s, I was 15 yeah. in the year 2000. Okay. So, or 14 and then turning 15. So, anyway, but I did look at it. Apparently, some banks allow longer ones if you ask for uh, them. Oh, you have to ask for it. Okay. I think, yeah, I think four is the typical. So I was, I, I was literally looking up, like, do these things exist? And one of the, so U.S. Bank had a, had a thing saying, like, oh, how to um, make your ATM pin uh, more secure. And one of the thing, one of the things that says is, oh, ask for a longer pin. Sometimes you can do like an eight or eight or up to twelve pin um, at some banks. And, you know, that's a more secure number than a four digit number. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I don't want to memorize a 12 digit number. But like, so maybe these two guys or maybe the bank that they used had a five digit pin for as opposed to the four digit that all regular people use. Is it concern you that our ATM passwords are much easier and shorter than like our Disney plus passwords and everything? (laughs) Does that concern you at all? Because it concerns me. Yeah. I mean, you know, but someone has to physically take your, your card. card. Yeah, and put that's it true. In, so. <laughs> and again, I have nothing. So guys and gals, you yeah, can take my card fine. if you want it. You will get nothing. <laughs> all right. So uh, the mama uh, <laughs> wakes <you>. up. <laughs> it sounds just up. as gross coming out of your mouth, too. Yep. She wakes up and she's still kind of out of it. All she can say, Bosco, Bosco. And then she dies. Yeah, she does a great like a like a face pause, and then it's mm-hmm. a great death scene. It's really <laughs> it's funny. <good. laughs> right. uh, Peterman is curious about what the hell the meaning of Bosco is, uh, and George is obviously kind of freaking out. We know why he's freaking out, but no one would know what the hell she said, Bosco. But no, yeah. he's George, so he's got to freak out. Uh, at the apartment, George is upset about being you know left with Peterman. He talks about that. Uh, and now Peterman apparently wants him to go to the funeral, which I can kind of get because he was there for her final words and final moments. But at the same time, it's kind of weird. Like, where did this fucking 
where does this obsession with George come from for Peterman? Like, why is he all into George right now? It's, it's I don't get it. I, I, I don't either, but I wish I was George. Like, I want, I want to have you a friend it. like Peterman. That'd be fun as hell. But, yeah, I don't get it yeah. either. It, it comes fast, and I don't really remember it kind of being a thing later. Like, George no. and Peterman. Like, they're thick it's as a thieves this episode, but you're right. I believe yeah. this is a one-off. Kramer tries to figure out Love this scene. George's pass uh, George's password and he kind of gets closer and closer and closer and closer dangerously close and then George kind of like runs away uh while he's like while he's naming all the wrong places you know nestle uh hershey's yeah. it's just not it's not he doesn't get tabasco but. i i love this scene i love that dialogue i love that whole it's little a- thing uh i had this I had a similar thing we were i think it was out with jeff and some people i don't think you were there um uh you might have been but uh, i was drunk mm. i don't remember but anyways <laughs> we're talking about our passcodes or passwords for things or whatever and i was like yeah mine's you know not very easy it's kind of the same thing for everything jeff looks at me he goes is it and i was i just sat there and i was just like Dead, like dead silence, and I just yeah. like, <laughs> and he was like, "That's what it is, isn't it?" <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm leaving now. <laughs> Duh. Duh. <laughs> so, hey everybody, it's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, and we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month, we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But... Even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey, that's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. All right, well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Uh, at the funeral, uh, Elaine is there as well, um, but probably just because she has to go. And uh, she, uh, But she doesn't want to be there, so she ends up making a lie, and Elaine gets away. Kind of, I guess, further showing Peterman's an idiot. Um, you know, where I guess where you said kind of a, you can see Elaine topples Peterman with some stuff. Yeah. Uh, but George is again trapped. Yeah, and there's this, like, uh, ongoing theme that I think George, George can't come up with. Uh, like, he's drawing a blank this time, right? Like, and, and it's yeah. weird, like, like... There's no reason for that. That doesn't kind of like have like a, a payoff. But this there's a theme with George's entire episode is that he's constantly drawing a blank because even at the Chinese food restaurant, Jerry was like, come on, George, like think of a way out of this. This is what you mm-hmm. do. And then George freaks out and he's he has basically, uh, you know, a mental block this entire episode. I, I wish we saw him get over that or something. You know what I mean? Like that kind of doesn't. Yeah, it's a thread that doesn't go anywhere. But uh, but yeah, that's kind of the impetus to everything here is his mental block. Yep, I agree. Uh, Kramer goes to the fire station. He's trying to give them his list of shortcuts to help them out. And I know 
you recognize that fire station. Yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't just go to any fire station. He goes to the fucking Ghostbusters fire station. They used Hook and Ladder 8 uh, from mm-hmm. Brooklyn. I believe that's in Brooklyn. Um, and that is the exterior shots of uh, the Ghostbusters firehouse in Ghostbusters 1 and 2. So I, right when I saw that, I was literally like just taking a note. I looked up. I dropped my pen to go. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> I laughed. I was like, hey, Ghostbusters. I knew you would be happy with that one. And I'm course, glad you so. recognized it, buddy. Oh, immediately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a tall, thin. Yeah. It's a weird-looking fire station, honestly. Yeah. And at this um, point, it's, it's iconic, so small. you know? Yeah, yeah. But the look is exactly. It's, and it's it's been used in, I'm sure, much more than Ghostbusters. Um, but, like, that's what it's well, well known for. Yeah. And then so. if you if you go there, they actually have, like, uh, in like right inside the door area, they have a bunch of, like, Ghostbusters members. They know nice. what they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? So And they, yeah. they, get, they know they get a lot of foot traffic there. And even, like, on the ground, uh, they painted. Because I think every fire station has something on, like, a logo, like, for that particular mm-hmm. station. And, of course, it's the white, you know, ghost from the Ghost. It's Moogly mm-hmm. from Ghostbusters. They know what it has they a, are. Oh, it has a name? Yeah. That was something that kind of came about. Um, about I can't remember exactly when, but yeah, that go- that white ghost that's inside of the the symbol, it technically by by Ghost Core, his name is Moogly. Um, yeah, and and it's, <laughs> it's a stupid name. It is. It's kind of silly. Yeah, and it was kind of came up with a few years, and I think it was before the you know the the second movie or the not the second one, the the girl movie came out and everything. Um, yeah. But you know they didn't they haven't really done anything with it's it. It's a movie for everybody, Corey, not just girls. Right, and and famously, you know, I I like it better than Ghostbusters too because I fucking you're hate Ghostbusters you're so too. wrong on I, that. I know it's you're a fucking says. idiot on that. <laughs> Ghostbusters two is way better. And by the way, uh, the day that we are recording this is the uh, the airing of the first episode of Real Ghostbusters uh, back in 1986, buddy. Anniversary for that? Oh, that's why you posted something about that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now see that see re- the real Ghostbusters cartoon. That's my Ghostbusters too. Yeah, fair enough. I know you like that. But just so you know, Ghostbusters 2 is canon. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're, yeah, it is. And so is the video game. So is the video yeah, game. All right, there you go. But not right. the answer the call. Nope, not answer the call. All right. The uh, firefighting chief, uh, the firefighter chief is not impressed. And, you know, he's like, all these hotshots come in here, uh, believe their routes are best. And so he's like, no, fuck that. Uh, we cut back to Leap and Larry's, and Jerry gets another shot, actually, to do this commercial. Uh, but his foot fell asleep again. Ha, ha, ha. How convenient. Um, and this time, though, he doesn't piss off Leap and Larry. He accidentally knocks over this flammable liquid that uh, start, sets things ablaze. And so now the uh, firefighters uh, that Kramer was at act, get called out for the fire. And Kramer accidentally slides, he slides down the pole, accidentally knocking out one of the other firefighters. And he wants to take their place to help them drive faster. And uh, we then see... Elaine going out on a date with Fred. Again, she allows this. I don't fucking like this because he already skipped her out once. I guess the way they kind of put it is she was so upset that he doesn't remember her, that she's focused, that she wants to make this happen, which feels like more of a George thing than an Elaine thing to me. Yeah. But... Yeah, I wish Whatever. there was, she like, gets, some build-up yeah. to it or something. I don't There's know. There's no build-up. No, they literally have, like, that one scene earlier, but it, it really wasn't even enough build-up for me to make this happen. Um, but she gets some inner, lo- inner monologue about why she's on this date, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm fucking wondering the same thing. Yeah, I, I do uh, like the fact that she, on the inner monologue, she's like, listen to him. He's demented. I thought that yeah. was funny. You don't hear the word demented so, enough. No, true. Uh, and then we see Kramer 
who uh, is on the back of the of the uh, fire truck, and he's like you know steering from the back, and he's trying to help them guide it. And I fucking hate this goddamn scene. <laughs> it's just it's too fucking silly. It's too obvious that you know it's not green screen. I think they're actually filming it where no, it's a it's a it's a projector behind him. Yeah, no, yeah, the, uh, no. It actually was blue screen. Uh, they have the it was, it was blue screen, and, okay. and they so they filmed it, and then they went and uh, filmed the plate afterwards so they could actually mimic uh the way it was gotcha. turning and stuff like that and everything okay either way it looks fucking bad yeah and i just it looked too farcical comedy for me and so i did not like it uh jerry grabs one of the ems scanners because the you know because their fire that they have and he hears uh kramer over the phone or people yelling at kramer over the thing and he, we get a little that's a shame yeah um, that's yeah not exactly the way it said properly but it's still one of his lines yeah so. yeah and and yeah i'm with you man i've always thought this was kind of like did you say farcical just very like yeah weird. yeah it's too slapstick yeah, it's too slapstick um it doesn't it doesn't jump the shark you know but it's it's there like it's almost as if you're you're putting the, the boots on to get into the water to jump the shark yeah. but doesn't quite do it yeah it's, yeah it's almost there though you know yep yep so uh then we see a guy who is stuck in an atm um, I love this. <laughs> you love this? I fucking hated this, too. All right. So <laughs> he's the, stuck in the, the ATM. The guys, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so it's in one of those. So literally, I've never seen an ATM like this until I lived in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, where you have some ATMs that are like behind a door, and you have yeah. to have an ATM card to get, to in. get to them. Yeah. Um, otherwise, every ATM I've seen is outdoors, and they're easy to get to, yeah. you know, other than the ones that are, you know, indoor, indoors at the bank or some other place or mall or something. So... He's through this glass door, and so the guy needs an ATM card to open it up so he can get his jacket, which is caught in the thing, out. And because the whole block is on fire. By the way, yes. that's, when you think about it, that's insane. The whole block is on fire, all because from of From one little bit of kerosene knocked over from Jerry's foot. That, it's um, dark. But okay. That's very dark, by the way. Oh uh, Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it is. Um, particularly... When we're recording this, not long after nine eleven. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so, but, um, so I, of course the comedy is. I don't know why Mr. Peterman didn't have an ATM card, uh, but they give they give him. He forces George to get his card out to hand the guy who obviously needs the pin because it won't open up. Um, which I don't even know the thing is that they're looking to open up because his, his so he's like yeah I think his sleeve got caught in the money dispenser thing and he, he needs another card to get it. Out. I, yeah. the, for me, what I enjoy is the franticness on that guy's face. Like, tell me that card, you know, and George is just like. Mm. And all I kept thinking was how fucking weak is this pussy fuck fucking dude who can't rip his goddamn jacket off or take the jacket off. Yeah. Literally, you can leave it stuck in there and get out there and save your own life. And he I, I it just made no logical yeah. sense to me. I was so pissed off at the scene. Um, now, I did like that they ended with a shot of George legitimately contemplating, eh, I'm not sure if I'm going to give this guy my pin. And so I thought that was funny. I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, if you get- I'm actively looking for a pin to change my score because I had this one rather high, but, man, you've been just Dude. chopping it down like a fucking and tree, you'll, bro. you'll hear it, man. You'll hear it in my number, which I am not changing my number. Yeah. But, Corey... If you are ever in an ATM booth like that and you are too weak to rip out your own jacket yeah, I should just or die. Just let me die. not take it off, <laughs> just, I, you're done. Just let me that's die. fucking natural selection. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's Darwinism. <laughs> just let me die. Exactly. <laughs> and, I, and as you, and as you leave, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, you know what? I get it. I understand. I get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, 
Um, we get a little tag here of George and Su- Susan. She obviously got his code, uh, and that's that. You know, she's giving him some money and stuff like that. Uh, George and Jerry read the J. Peterman catalog, which has a whole write-up on George, which the Rogue's Wallet, <laughs> the Rogue's Wallet, which doesn't make much sense because it's always they're selling articles or they're selling things and. It's a rug. Um, They're selling a wallet. They're selling the wallet, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think it was all that funny. <laughs> I can't, it I can't sound say like, this for you at all, can I? <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't sound like any of the other Jay Peterman things at all. Like, those are all positive, nature-y, interesting things. And then there's this one anti-George piece, um, which, you know, even calls out the Costanza his, in there. His name was Costanza. He killed my yeah. mother. <laughs> I thought it was um, funny. I'm going to start yes, off. Yes, please. I, you I have to. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan to. of this episode. It's weak as shit. Elaine was pathetic. I don't understand why she went on that date. Jerry basically did nothing this episode. He did very little besides kicking over a fucking, you know, kerosene canister. Kramer's stuff was too goddamn silly for me. And why the hell did Peter Peterman all of a sudden care so much about George? No one. No one was on their A game this episode, and it really lacked. Um, I just I couldn't get past that, and I gave this one a 1.5 out of 5 Bosco chocolate syrups. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, I This is one of those times where I had a lot of fun watching this episode, okay. I, and I, I was into it. I was, I was laughing and everything, but every single thing you said— I completely agree with. And I even kind of come up came up with like one on my own where I was like there was no conclusion to this either. So I was like, uh oh. Yeah. It's it's funny how that happens. But yeah, we're we're breaking this down and I love talking it out with you. I thought I've had a fun episode talking it out with you, but <laughs> I can't deny what you said. Don't deny me, Corey. I, I, I Don't deny I me, Corey. I can't deny it, man. I really, really can't. And it's really weird. And this is this is probably one of the biggest changes that I've ever done from from like uh, what I gave it going into it. And I gave it four out of five. But Whoa. I know. But bro, you're not wrong. I. I didn't. I never loved the Kramer thing in this one, and I don't think that he really. Whoa! Has... I'm wacky. Let me. I'm almost falling off a ladder. For, Whoa. for like example. I like Kramer's wackiness in the next episode with like the movie phone stuff. This right here yeah, is like sure. it's it's slapsticky, but it doesn't go anywhere. And then it's like, what did we learn from it? Like, what did we do with it? You know what I mean? All that happened was it burned down an entire you know block or something. And yeah, Jerry did not have much to do this episode. So again, like I said, I went in with this being thinking it was a four in my head. But bro, again, you're not wrong. I, I am with you. <laughs> But not that low. I'm not with okay, you okay. that low. So, but I you did knock it down a whole point. So I'm gonna give it three cocoa beans out of five. Okay. Oh, well, you like the cocoa beans. Oh, you, huh? you like the cocoa beans. Yeah. Nah, you're not, <laughs> dude. You were not wrong. That was that was a for me. That was a wild ride just now. By the way. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we came in very differently. I I came in a lot hotter than you did. You did. Um. So you didn't you didn't bump me up, but I definitely brought you down. Very. But but you rightfully so, and and I, I have no complaints because <laughs> you're not again. You're not wrong. So, wow. Good good one, buddy. Good. That was very uh, astute okay. of you on on that one. I hope, uh, I hope the next I'm, episode's better. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm just in the mood today, man. Maybe you're just coming in hot, baby. <laughs> All 
Yeah. Uh, speaking of our next episode, real quick, we didn't mention it at the mm-hmm. top, but our next one will be The Pool Guy, and that one is going to uh, be on mm-hmm. the uh, Patreon feed. And we thank all of you all so much for joining our Patreon and, and taking this journey with us, and that's patreon.com patreon.com slash cartwright. You guys and gals all rule. Thank you. Yes. Thank y'all for one dollar. One measly dollar a month. You can get all the episodes of Cartwright and then also get them all ad free. I'm sure you're sick of us, sick of us talking about uh, all of our other podcasts. Corey cuts in all of our uh, different promos. You don't have to listen to that shit anymore. Yeah. All you got to do is give us a dollar a month. Yeah, that's right. And speaking 12 of- <laughs> bucks a year. And speaking of other podcasts on our network. It's cheaper than Bosco. <laughs> And speaking Sorry. of other podcasts on our network, go check out Blast from Our Past. Go check out Talking Back. Go check out Podcast After Dark. Action, action. People don't forget. We have so much awesome stuff over there. Throwback trivia takedown. Everything has a nostalgic spin to it. And, uh, yeah, we're having a blast over there. And you, you'll hear us on other shows. And, you know, it's a whole big commingling group. Except for Cartwright. We kind of keep this, we try to keep this evergreen and sort of, like, locked in right here, you know? Yeah. Except yeah. for we when Keisha has to save the day when Adam has yeah, COVID. Yeah, <laughs> she is the only one. But, like, all the other podcasts, like, have guests mm-hmm. and they, like, bring in new topics. We're like, nah, we fucking, it's Adam and Corey and it's Seinfeld. <laughs> it's Seinfeld. goddamn episode. <laughs> Yay, coming in. <laughs> <laughs> but we hope you all check those out. We hope you check out our Patreon. And we hope you're uh, listening to the next episode. And that is the most hated uh, side character of all time, Ramon in The Pool Guy. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia.